0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and coverage match limited by state law
1: That's right, you're listening to the Raw Bread and Mustard Mariners Podcast The Alternative Underground Dive Bar Podcast Of Seattle Mariners Not official We're not trying to get sued or anything but we just love the Mariners. Tonight's episode is broadcasting live from the Boxcar Ale House in Magnolia Hill in Seattle. And now, the host of the Rye Bread and Mustard Podcast, Myron Sumner. Alright, hey, welcome back to the Rye Bread and Mustard Mariners podcast, Al- the alternative underground on the fringe uh, podcast about the Seattle Mariners. We're doing this live from uh, the boxcar ale house in uh, Seattle, Washington on Magnolia Hill. This place has been here for a long time. It's uh, classified as a, uh, a dive bar, but that's not a bad thing that we celebrate that. And I just wanted to touch on that. Um, because it's in the descriptions of the show, isn't it, Hanno? That we uh, we we're a dive bar podcast, and we're we're supposed to have celebrity guests, and right, I'm trying to hit all the bases right now.
2: Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's nice to be actually face to face with you doing this broadcast. Uh, welcome back to Seattle.
1: Yeah, and you're you're coming in crystal clear. Everybody's like, "Whoa is that is that Hanno from Edmonds, or is that Luther Vandross? Vandross." Uh, and then also, I have here today, Tim Leck. You are a local here, right, in Seattle?
0: That's right. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. And then we also have the plug of the uh, boxcar alehouse, but he only wants to go by the name of the ninja. Is that correct? Yes, please. Thank you. All right. There we go. So, if you were looking for episode uh, four uh, last week, that was my fault, uh, Yes it was. It was it was my fault, but before it was my fault, it was uh Vlad Perez's fault, uh who's busy Hollywood star who you know, he was playing some video games the night before just could not get up and come on over, but you know, it was a WWE video game, so I give him a pass and in fact, I give him some props. But anyways, let's jump right into it. It's Sunday night, April 24th. Uh we just Completed the first Mariners uh, homestand with a 7-2 and two record. How are we feeling about that, Hannah?
2: Real good. Um, could have actually been even better, but we're in first place, and the Mariners are on fire. The town's
1: on fire.
2: Everybody's excited.
1: So the first series won two or three. The second series easily could have won... All three games, uh, but then I came to town and ruined that for game <laughs> game three of the Texas series. And uh, we just completed the first sweep of the year. We rode our brooms here tonight to the Boxcar Alehouse. Um, how are we feeling about the sweep, Tim? What do you think? We're loving it. We are on fire.
0: The youngsters. Are starting to bring a little something extra.
1: They are. The youngsters are definitely, there's a lot of youngsters in the crowd. Speaking of the crowd, uh, this was the first time I got to actually see, hear, smell, and feel a Louis Louis less uh, seventh inning stretch. I still don't like it. I'm still pissed off about it. But, what were you Congrats saying? Louis, Louis. Huh? Bring back Louie Louie. Hashtag bring back Louie Louie. But what was was your take? How do you feel the the fans are taking it? They're actually at the game. Um,
2: The fans were pumped up. Um, For the Macklemore shit. Yes, exactly. It was a young crowd, and they were into it, kind of pumped the crowd up. I'm old school, and I like Louie Louie, but I can see why, according to the Mariners, they uh, decided to make the change from listening to their fans.
1: Yeah, and Tim, what do you, what's your take on this? I've got to ask everybody that's on the show. Obviously, the Ninja likes Louie Louie. What are you thinking about the Louie Louis to Macklemore change? I was
0: shocked when I first heard it opening night, but I think it hypes the crowd up a little bit more. I'm not even a Macklemore fan, but the Louie Louie, I'm not sure it's getting it done anymore, but I love the Louie Louis.
1: So do I. And Okay, fine. Okay, take it out of the seventh inning. Why are they just not playing it at all? Why Aren't we playing it in the fourth inning, the fifth inning? I don't know. Uh, play it after they the high on
3: old school night, right?
1: Yeah, I got I don't know. Yeah, it's just Throwback like night. they're gonna have 80s night, they have to. It's kind of strange. I'm gonna be waiting Louis for Louis that. Got canceled, Louie Louie did get canceled. Um, so let's go back really quickly through the Rangers series. Does anybody have any uh takes on that? I know the first two games we took care of business, the third game. It was 5 to nothing by the time I walked in the door.
3: 95% win percentage at that point in the game.
2: Yep. Yeah, and then they just kind of chipped away, Texas did, and took the lead. And before you know it, it was a devastating loss for the Mariners, and it was the most frustrating loss so far this year. You think so? I do.
1: I definitely, it was definitely not a, a good, good feeling. It was pouring down rain outside when I got to town. Uh, I couldn't even get anybody to go to the game with me. I was going deep into my bench of friends and relatives. I was called one of my uncles I actually haven't seen in person in 15 years. He didn't even want to go, but I still made it down there by myself to take the L, you know. But uh, we bounced back this weekend. Did you have any takes on the uh, Ranger series at all, Tim? Um,
0: yeah. I mean, we'll take the series win. JP made a couple of errors that game, I think.
1: It cost us.
0: Uncharacteristic for sure.
1: I, I want to say that uh, probably the a lot of errors right this week more more than usual. Maybe that has to do with uh, some of the COVID injuries out. I'm thinking maybe uh, Perry Hill, the uh, infield coach, that might have something uh, something to do with these these a little bit of sloppy play that we've seen.
2: Yeah, those guys uh, treat Perry Hill like a god. They credit him with making them better fielders, and yeah, it might be a big loss.
1: Yeah, oh, uh, and you know what? Let's, let's hop real quick. Does anybody have anything else about the Rangers series? I just. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, it did suck that they just chipped away and chipped away, and we just couldn't do anything about it. Nothing to answer. I think we did tie the game back up, right, and then we, we lost it late.
2: Yeah, I know before in the opening game, I looked at the standings and saw Texas was 2-7 and seven coming in, and I was hoping they would leave town. was still only two losses, but they did snag that one from us. So they're an A- AL West rival, and uh, they're, they're not very good. We should have won that game, but... You know that's baseball law of averages.
1: Yeah, and I would say the seven and two overall, uh, you know, uh, ho- opening homestand is pretty good considering there was a lot of COVID injuries, so to speak. Who do we have out on uh, COVID? We had uh, Haniger, what Seawall, Scott Service, Manny Acta, Luis Torrens. Perry Hill, as we mentioned, and of course Dave Sims and Rick Riz. I mean, having Rick Riz down with the COVID, and that's, Shannon Dreyer, and Shannon Dreyer. I mean, why didn't they call us to come in and do this broadcast? I don't. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering myself. What do you What do you think the the biggest COVID injury out of this that hurts us the most? Would you say Haniger?
2: Well, I was impressed with how well we played, and the bats were going with Haniger missing. I know that um, we have a deep. Long bullpen, but through the Kansas City series, most of our starters were only going, you know, five, six innings, and uh, we had to rely on our bullpen, and they were pitching every night. So, I, in my opinion, it was Paul old What about you, Tim?
0: I'll agree with that. Yeah, our bullpen's a little taxed, but they held it together pretty good. Had a few hiccups, but not bad overall.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, they haven't been lights out, but they've been real close to it.
1: And Ninja, what do you think about that that Texas series? Do you have anything to add?
3: Mm-hmm. You know, it's that coach's first series. So, I don't know if... Good point. ...survey is, like, on the phone with him if they allow that or if you got to make all the decisions by yourself. Or well,
1: yeah, and Hanson has a theory about who's who, making these who's decisions. Who's making the call
3: when to pull Marco? Is it actually him or is it surveys on them, in the background, like...
2: Well, I think the front office and service all collaborate and they kind of map out the game like almost like a play sheet. That's my opinion. I know that's really prominent now in the major leagues. It doesn't make sense to us old school guys for the managers, the the buck stops with him, but I think they work hand in hand quite a bit together.
3: That yeah. Was a Thursday game? Yep. And then I was the 5th inning, Marcos coming up on like 80 pitches thrown. And it's the last three batters that do the damage and kind of turn that game around. And yeah, then we tied it up in the eighth inning, and then, you know, then Texas scores two in the ninth and they win it. But JP makes two errors. Marcos left in and it threw almost thirty some thirty five innings of that or pitches that inning. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're getting tired, and that's just.
2: And Texas is on their third time through the lineup, correct? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So. Whose call is that to when to pull Marco? And I think it should have probably been about three batters. It's, hindsight's always twenty twenty, of course.
0: I'm always on the side of pulling Marco out <laughs> earlier. <early. laughs> yeah,
1: he's definitely he's got some good stuff, but he's not a pitcher that can you can't give him, you can't have four outs in the inning with him. Oh,
2: I no. totally agree. He's not a pitcher that misses bats. So when he gets a routine out or so-called routine out, if you give that team an extra chance it can really backfire quickly on us like it showed in that last Texas game.
1: Yeah, it was definitely a damper, uh, just like the rain that night. That was my first night in T-Mobile Park, and I sat in our uh, season tickets, which I'm not going to give up the section because I do not want uh, autograph hounds and the paparazzi down there. But I will say where our seats are, the most interesting thing we've been doing down there, fun thing is – where we've been on the search for the uh, Julio Rodriguez first home run. If you could think about where, if you could think about where this first home run is going to happen, let's just say for hypothetical purposes, it's happening here at T-Mobile Park. Where where are you standing for this uh, home run ball?
2: Um, I'm up in the upper portion in left field in the cantina area. I think it's going to be a high fly one over there, or possibly nobody gets lucky, and it's to dead center.
1: Tim? I think it's going to the pen. It's going to the pen. So you think, like, a bullpen guy is going to just keep it and take it back, or he's going to get, look like,
0: for more center field out in the – the pen drinking area
1: Yeah, just just nailing some like d- drunk Grant did the other day. Yeah, just nailing some drunk 19-year-old with a fake ID. Where do you think it's going? Where are you standing?
3: Ooh, I can't stand there. But, you know, like the batter's eye or right center
1: field. Yeah. That area some lucky worker is going to get get the ball dropped on him. I have a feeling it's going upper tank shot upstairs. I think it's just going to be it's not going to be cheap and i think once he gets that first one out i think you're going to see a lot of them i think you're going to see him more and more i think he's pressing a little bit for that but he's been hitting a lot of line drives uh he hasn't struck out on uh called three strikes very much in the last two series compared to what was happening to him earlier yeah. so he's definitely making some adjustments up there and he's getting the walks which you're all about chris him and the that what the him getting the walks
2: yeah i mean First thing when you're up to bat is, you know, plate discipline, recognizing the pitch, realizing if it's a ball or strike. He's doing really well at that. Um, He's starting to get more aggressive. But uh, when he does make contact, you can hear it when you're in the stadium, obviously, but on TV, it's a loud crack of the bat. And he's getting big-time, triple-digit exit velocity numbers.
3: I think plate discipline, it comes back to what, last night when the, you know, his crowd chanting his name, and he takes ball four right on the bottom of the zone.
2: Yeah, could you imagine that being uh, 20 years old, having 20,000 people cheering your name?
1: 21 years old. Excuse me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) He could hang out in the pen. That's right. He could come to Camden. Could could you really imagine being up in that pressure? You get Julio at the boxcar. Yeah.
3: He's done great with that. He's a... He's been getting ripped off. The
0: umpires are calling
3: him out on yeah. him. bad pitches. He has over uh, 10 strikeouts looking this year with balls outside the zone.
1: Outside of the EQC tracer? Yeah. We got to plug that every... Automated zone. Let's which is, get it. Is oh, automated zone.
3: He's not taking pitches or missing pitches in the m- middle of the zone. All of his strikeouts are inside or outside. Most of them are outside. And the ones that he's getting called out on, which is kind of... Um, Man, the umpires this year in all of Major League Baseball have been certain games missing on the outside corner and calling a lot, of, a lot of strikeouts.
2: Yeah, that's what was so impressive about him taking that walk that night. was It was low and down the middle. So, Real tough pitch to take in that situation. Exactly. There
0: may be no greater thrill in sports than the crack of a bat and the roar of a crowd as a small cowhide-covered ball hurtles a distant fence. It's baseball, Seattle Mariners baseball in the kingdom, and there is no greater enjoyment than being there. The game starts at 735 and not a moment before, because as the Mariners have always said, there will be no game before it's time.
1: Okay, so let's jump into this uh, Kansas City series. We're getting our first sweep. Of the season feels good. Uh, I feel like they worked up and they earned this. They had, uh, they split a series on the road. They had that unfortunate uh, Chicago White Sox series with the terrible weather that they got one of three. They come back here, they go two of three. They're on the verge of a, uh, it looks like a sweep with Texas. It doesn't happen. They take they take the step back and they take a big step forward, right? With this uh, three game series against, uh, you know, Kansas City, which their record doesn't look good right now. But there isn't there, uh, ninja, isn't there uh, a bunch of hype on a lot of the players from uh, Kansas City? Well, mainly Bobby
3: Witt Jr. Who's, him and Huley are supposed to be ones going at it for American League Rookie of the Year, yeah, it out here.
2: And we know how Salvador Perez owns us. Owns us.
3: Uh, Salvi Perez hit five. Home runs against the Mariners and five, yeah, whatever that stat is. And five if, home runs in five straight streak, games and like seventy-two RBIs, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, like he hit two thousand against us. Yeah, had so, to beat him in the hand yesterday to had get to
0: that do done. it.
1: So let's go back Run to let's go back to game one on Friday night. We'll get into the the fan if you're if you're getting tick and tired of the st- if you're getting sick and tired of the stats, just skip on forward. But this is what we're here. We're breaking the games down. We will get into the vest night. We will get into the culture. Of what's going on on a first real weekend at uh, T-Mobile opening weekend? That's amateur hour. What you see is what you get. Now um, we'll get into that. Uh, so game one, the Mariners won four to one. This was, as, as we were saying before we did this segment, this was the youngster game, right? What did we have going on in this game that really really uh, sparked, sparked the juices?
2: Well, Julio and Kelnick really were the ones that uh, broke the game open for us with a double and, a, and Kelnick with his triple to uh, have us win four to one.
1: We had uh, Flexen on the mound, which was one of my pitchers of concern coming out of spring training. And Flexen looks like he's going to be flexing again. He's going to give you a chance to win. I think he did that uh, last week in the game that we lost uh, in opening weekend. He gave us a chance to win. The bats just weren't working. And he didn't have a ton to work with in this game. I mean, four runs is, you know, gives you a chance to win, but it's it's not an overwhelming amount of uh runs you really have to go out there and do your thing what do you think about uh uh flexing on uh, friday night tim
0: i loved it he keeps in the game i've been watching a lot of flexing uh in the covid years when he was pitching for korea oh really baseball we had
1: so you were watching (laughs) korean baseball
2: oh yeah like Almost every day. Really? Oh, yeah, that's when uh, all sports in America were shut down, correct? Yeah, it was the only thing going.
1: They started the whole cardboard thing, right? The cardboard fans, uh, Korea? I think they did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And games started late at night. You must be at night out watching them. Right, yeah, it was like 2 a.m. the only thing we could gamble on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Flexin actually
0: lost me like $500 on the one game. I I went all in on them.
1: Damn. You bet $500 on a Korean game?
3: I did, I did. That's we had. That in the. they tossed the beanbags.
1: <laughs> Game one again, we had that big hit. We had the big double by Julio. He really got the crowd rocking. He, I do like when he gets these doubles. We haven't seen the home run yet. That's going to be a whole other level of excitement. But the head first slides in on second base on the doubles, and the chest pump really gets the place rocking. You almost feel like you're back in the kingdom in the in the 90s, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, the place is electric. That was the first time I've been there this year, uh, Friday night. And uh, it was exciting. You could feel the juice in the stadium before the game, during the game, and even after the game. I know, I know we'll touch on that later. But, yeah, it was a great atmosphere and a big win.
1: Yeah, we had Suarez with a three-hit night. Uh, he's turning out to, you know, kind of – I know uh, Winker's kind of had a slow start. Uh, he was not doing all that well in spring training. I don't think he's just got it together quite at the plate. But Suarez, the person that was kind of like the – what they called him the the cash drop? They
2: the, the the throw in player.
1: Yeah, he's he's amazing. I know that there is something very controversial from uh, what is it? My station seven ten Seattle Sports. My station. I like Hanson is a KJR guy, but there was a hot take from uh, Mike Salk about Suarez, wasn't there? Or was it more a gauge towards Seager?
2: He, I think he was just kind of saying. It. That um, he likes Suarez a lot, but I think in reality it was more about C- Seeger and kind of burning him, and then calling out his wife.
1: What What's his wife got to do with uh, with this? I don't understand this.
2: I don't either. I'm guessing maybe just social media related that she's really popular on that and with the Mariners Twitter.
1: Uh huh. He was getting a a lot of flack. Uh, nationally, from this, and didn't Hanniger say something about about this? T- or what? So let's let's rephrase. What did he say? Basically, he just said that
2: he was just saying that Seager wasn't a really great player, and that he was basically kind of going after him. And then I heard later was the reason for that was uh, Seager made a comment to uh, Salk's buddy Brock Heward. No,
3: I never liked. Uh, Seeger because he always skipped over me when signing autographs. Okay, yeah. That's my beef with him.
1: I think my beef with him was uh, unwillingly trying to uh, not hit the other way through the ship. Yeah,
2: so the whole thing just started out. It was a social media thing. Um, Somebody played the uh, recording of Salk saying that, and Seeger's beloved being a Mariner here for most of the fans. Yeah, we
1: were. We were at game 162 last year. It was a little emotional. Yeah. yeah, and I was very surprised to see that he's retired. I don't think he's retired. I I think maybe it's just taking a year off. I don't know. It sounds like the the shift's going to get possibly uh, banned next year. If that happens, does Seeger come back?
2: He should.
1: Yeah, because I think he'd go back to being a 260 hitter, right? He
2: would benefit the most from the shift going away. Yeah,
1: yeah, he was. I really do like Seeger. I do miss his glove at third base, but Suarez has actually put together – some good, some good, some good innings out there in the field, wouldn't you say so far?
2: Yeah, I mean he's been raking, getting RBIs, hitting balls into the gap. He's got a few home runs. His glove is solid. He's made every routine play. Uh, he had a bonehead play the other night um, when it, when all the Mariners kind of did. When was the ball hit to JP? He made a bad throw to third. Suarez picks it up. Goes to fire home and then throws left. So it was a double error and
1: two runs score. Then we let's jump on into Saturday night, which was another Mariners victory. Obviously, you already know from my spoiler alert, this was a sweep. Uh, this game turned out to Fuck, where the fuck is my stats here? I don't know. I'll have to cut that. No, I'll keep that in there. Uh, <laughs> so Saturday night's game was a 13-7 to game. I would say something that was interesting about that game: had the lead, had control of the game, lost control of the game, regained it in a big way, right?
2: Yes, it was very similar to that Texas series and that last Texas game where we lost. It looked like a
1: carbon copy, but and we had a tie France five for five night. Is that correct, Tim?
2: Amazing.
1: Amazing, five for five. five. Hits.
0: I think it might have been five for six or something, but five hits is amazing. What's going on? We're bumping mics. This is
1: the rye bread mustard uh, podcast. baseball podcast. Check us out on iTunes. No, it's not iTunes anymore. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Music, Audible, and of course our flagship uh, platform, Buzzsprout. <laughs> Shout out to Buzzsprout. So yeah, this game. This game was, uh, you know. Not, it was not, uh, you know, Matt Brash's best start of the season. Let's say that, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he was his pitching performance was very similar to his previous one where he was still wild. He's young. He's still kind of working to be consistently in the strike zone. Still had a couple strikeouts, but he gave us four-plus innings, four and a third, and uh, kept us in there. You know, we got that lead. He gave up three runs. And uh, we, we were up five to three then, and then the bullpen came in, and then things kind of changed.
1: Yeah. Tim, what do you think about Matt Brash, Tim? I'm liking it. You're liking he's it? Got
0: some nice speed to him, 97,
1: 98. Mm-hmm. He's, uh,
0: got good spin rate on his stuff. And, I mean, he's going to get better.
1: He is. And, and you know what I, I, I really like is hearing his interviews. I love that he's a Canadian. I love just having a Canadian hurler out there. It's. It's fun. It's different, and of course, we had today's game time of this recording. Or if you're listening to this when I, you know, get this shit edited, yesterday's game uh, was a 12 inning game. I did not get to the game myself personally until the third or fourth inning, but I still put in nine frames of baseball because we had what three free innings of baseball which is great until they stop serving food, drinks, and everything. Then it's just, you know, let's fucking win this game. I'm hungry as shit. The Mariners ended up pulling it off. What, did you, what were your takeaways with today's game? I mean, Ty France just taking off where, where he left off the night before. I don't feel like we squandered anything today. It was, you know, tough giving it up late, but I just think it was a hard-played game by both teams. I think Kansas City really tried to at least stop this uh, sweep and get out of town with one, don't you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, like you said, that late home run to tie it up and then uh, extra innings, KC got another run. It was kind of a teeter-totter game back and forth, a lot of action, Uh, runners in scoring position, we shut them down. And then we pulled out that victory in the twelfth, which was kind of surprising for a late in or for an extra inning game to go that long with the with the rule of a man starting on second base.
1: Yeah, and guys, excuse me, I'm eating one of the Boxcar Ale House's great tater tots. If you ever come into the Boxcar Ale House, get the tater tots. Anyways. <laughs> I'm just trying to hide my unprofessionalism right now with with a with a little plug. There's a couple of things that happened in this game today where there's a couple of spots, and I don't know if it's because, again, you have a theory of like, hey, the managers aren't doing this, making the moves here. I want to know why in a couple of pressure situations at the end of the game when we're looking for one run and Cal Raleigh hitting 0 point, but 9-1 somewhere in there. I mean, he's at this point where – If he gets out, his average doesn't even move down more because you can't just keep (laughs) doing the math. You can't go negative. You can't go negative. Why are we not putting in Tom Murphy, the guy that uh, my cousin the Ninja and I take sole credit of turning his offensive career around by taking his bat from him? Ever since then, he has been on a tear. He's hitting, what, four-something right now? It was given to us. It, It was given to us, yes. We didn't take it. That's right. Um... He didn't want it anymore. He didn't want it anymore. But why are we not going to him in these two to three spots late in the game? I know it's his day off. So when's it's his day off, is this because he's like, hey, this is my day off. I don't work. I, you know, microdose some mushrooms. Um, I've ate some edibles. I'm not playing. Or is this completely analytics? Yeah, they would have had to call him in from the bullpen. He was out in the bullpen all day. He couldn't just go in in between innings and take 30 seconds to go in? and.
2: He could, obviously, but um, I think the Mariners play that righty-lefty thing to death, and that's my reasoning behind it. Mm -hmm. If it's a right-handed pitcher, they're going to stay with Cal Raleigh being the switch hitter. I would agree with you, though. I would have liked to have seen them go to Murphy. He's been hot. He faces right-handed hitters when he started the day before, so... What's the deal?
1: Yeah, and Tim, you were saying uh, before we went on here, and we were talking about this when you came in here. You said he's Tom Murphy's not clutch. Is this your is this your hot take right here? I want to hear this.
0: This might be a hot take. Ooh, um, he drops the ball at home plate all the time. I've yes, the play I think. It, the play. Have you heard that on our episodes? Before. I have seen him get a few <laughs> clutch hits, but
1: yeah, the 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 BB tag catch and tag. In the 2021 season Was not uh, A power move For the Mariners At all So um, It's been awful It's been awful But I think Tom Murphy Has outplayed All of the Catchers In this Three catcher uh, Scenario But uh, We ended up Getting the win today And Jesse Winker Had a bunch of Good at bats Today He he said in his Post game interview He broke a bunch of bats So this was An expensive (laughs) day At the plate For him but I think a good, nice, game-winning hit after just he's hasn't recovered. It doesn't seem like since he got robbed for those two home runs or three home runs. He's been, you know, I want to call him a warning track, a uh, winker. You know, I don't want that to, st- I don't want that to start. I don't want the credit. But if you want to, you know, get it winker going, the Walker, Winker, the Walker, uh,
3: second in the major leagues in walks.
1: Right okay, all right,
3: Ron, S- Ron Soto.
1: <laughs> okay. Juan Soto, oh, Ron Soto.
0: I think Winker will be fine. He'll uh, start getting collecting some hits. and He'll be good.
1: The people sitting next to us in our uh, in the season ticket area they're huge Winker fans. They have signs.
3: Winker watchers.
1: Winker watchers, and they have My signs gosh. that say Winker is coming, which I think is a uh, that's a better one. I like
3: that. Oh, okay, I get it now.
1: Is that one of your Lord of the Rings? The uh, winter is coming. What's that from? Pretty
3: sure it was uh, Game of Thrones. Game opinion.
1: of Thrones. What did I say? Lord of the Rings. Game Lord of Thrones. R- what, yeah. Don't know the difference. I
2: don't know anything about that. Meta- or the Star Star Wars, is coming. So I'm out of well, this one. That's time. all right. It's catchy.
1: And yeah, they're just big winker fans. It's uh, they have their own cardboard cutouts. They actually keep score at the games. Does anybody keep score of games? Absolutely not. Yeah, I kind of like i I use my apps now and stuff like that uh you were talking about keeping score uh
2: yeah i think it might be quicker just to have the sheet there to see look over the game (laughs) real quick then scrolling through your phone but i mean i don't particularly do it when i go to the games you know it's just not my thing i'm not 80 years old and a grandma yeah grandpa yeah
1: (laughs) i i used to keep score at the kingdom and i'd make it to about like the third inning and then my add would just kick in and that would be that would be it i'd be drawing things on the on the things but we got a sweep going out on a road trip how big is it to get that sweep do you think today uh before they head to tampa bay miami and and back to houston how do you think this sweep is going to affect the team uh, getting on that p- airplane today?
2: Yeah, I think it's a big deal. I mean, they're uh, going across country tonight, leaving early to get acclimated um, before they play, not again until Tuesday. Um, we're a tied for first place in, or we are in first place in the West, tied for first in all of uh,
1: baseball. Yeah, we are in first place by a game. It feels good, and it's we're basically almost like what are we like? Nine point five, almost ten percent done of the season right now. So now the Reds you can have twelve wins. The Dodgers okay. have
3: eleven wins. San Francisco has eleven wins.
1: Okay, way to burst our bubble. But anyways, we're in first place in the West. We would if the playoffs. Where did
2: you bring this stat boy from? I. T- Best record
0: in
1: the AL. How <laughs> here you go. Best record in the AL. Let's just, let's. Oh, yeah, those are all NL teams. Yeah, let's, let's, let's. Yeah. We keep it positive here on, on Rye Bread and Mustard. We'll right? start watching the NL now that they have a DH. Yeah, I guess now they're really playing baseball. So, but one other thing I want to talk about before we get out of uh, the wrap of the three game or the uh, nine game series. Uh, what do you guys think about our manager, our interim manager right now, Negrone? What, what What's your thoughts on him, Chris?
2: Um, He's done a fine job. I don't think he's lost us any games, but he could have. Um, service, I like service. I was a little, oh, so not too warm on him when he first came to Seattle, but uh, he's really grown on me, and he is definitely the leader of this team, and I think the players really like him. And w- w-
1: what do you think about today? <laughs> when was the, was did this really happen? Our manager was our and Manager Negron today was the one who threw the ice bucket on Winker. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> what do you think about that?
2: Well, something I've never seen before. It's usually the player throwing on a coach <laughs> in the Super Bowl, but baseball reasons, I've never seen it before. But
3: Tom Murphy had the day off again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, he was in the bullpen.
1: Yeah, so he just couldn't even throw the the ice bucket, huh? Man, when he wants a day off, he's like, "Don't fucking call me." He puts his phone on uh, "Do Not Disturb." He does not put on the cleats. He does not put that jock strap on. Uh, somebody better smell what's in his uh, in his cup, right? You know, because it's just so weird to me that you would not use him in those spots. And I'm gonna look into this because. I, I just think we could have been, we, we went home an hour and a half earlier if if he pinch hits.
2: Yeah, and don't major league te- teams usually have a bullpen catcher?
3: Yeah. We do. Yeah. What's his name, Tim? Do you know? I don't know the guy right now. Oh, man. We, we, we need to get that guy's name. We need to get Matt name. Sinatra and back you give in me there. All you, you know, if you know his name, like, that's, it's like number 66. You got to get his name. I looked him up earlier. Good. Yeah.
1: And that's our wrap on the home the homestand. We are looking forward to the road trip. We're going to pause right now for a little bit of this.
0: As loyal Bud drinkers, we have over the years consumed 88,008 cans of the King of Beers. So when Old Style said it was better brewed than Bud, we were skeptical. Liars, I said. But we've tried Old Style and found we had made 88,008 mistakes. We are now trying to make up for that. How are we doing, Curtis?
2: That's 10 so far.
0: Well, only (laughs) 87,998 more to go.
1: Eileman's Old Style, America's best brewed premium beer. And we're back here live at the uh, Boxcar Ale House here in Magnolia in Seattle, Washington. It is good to be here um, this is a fun place to come watch games. Uh, it is they have an out, outdoor uh, thing. Uh, t- <laughs> they have outdoor seating. Um, I watched plenty of football games here. What's cool here inside the uh, establishment, they got a, you know it's dive bar. they got just stuff everywhere. A little of it needs to be dusted, but that's what makes a dive bar what it is. But the coolest thing I think they have here they ha- on the wall, they have the 25th anniversary. So what was that 2002? The 2000, am I doing my math right? Yeah, 2002 uh, outfield uh, padding. They have three sections of it on the wall. There's cleat marks in it. We're told what? It's Mike Cameron's uh, cleat marks. Is that what you're saying? I
2: don't know. It could be Ichiro.
1: It could be Ichiro. I think that's the
2: center field. It is pretty low on the wall too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. There's one of them looks like a bullet hole. So that that I know there was a. It is magnolia. There was a murder. Unfortunately, a few months ago in the parking lot next to it here. That's for another podcast. Uh, Uh, That was like six
3: months ago, eight months now.
1: Oh, was it? Okay. Time flies. Time flies when you're shooting guns. Yeah. Um, In that empty
3: lot? Yeah. Yeah. Really random act of violence. A lot of uh, (sighs) RVs out
2: here. Yeah. Well, anyways. That's why I don't usually cross over the Ballard Bridge from Ballard.
1: That's my plug for the uh, (laughs) (laughs) boxcar. I'll also be very happy to hear that. No, this is a great safe place. I had nothing to do with this. They, you know, people are doing drugs everywhere. Thanks, Boxcar. Yeah, thanks, Boxcar. This is fun. One quick thing next week, or this week, right? May 1st, the rosters are going to be going down from 28 to 26. So, what do you think? Who's who's going down? What's going on with Kyle Lewis? Does he affect this? Giles, does he affect this? What What are you thinking, Hannah?
2: So the last uh, report I heard was um, Kyle Lewis was still down in Arizona working out, practicing, has not started any game-type situations yet. Same with um, Ken Giles, had that finger injury, and there's been no report on him. But it's hard to say which two guys will go when, like, Kyle Lewis and Giles come back. That's a lot that's going to be even more problematic for this team that's somewhat deep, you know. Yeah. And um, I'm thinking that since we do have three catchers, it seems like they've played them in concession every day, you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of like a tryout maybe. I don't know. I could be wrong. So I'm guessing maybe one of those three might be going down along with a pitcher.
1: So if a catcher goes down, who's your catcher that goes down?
2: Um, yeah, I think it has to be Cal Raleigh because the other two guys are don't have options left.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm not put uh, the way Tom Murphy's swinging the bat right now. He looks like his 2019 self. I'm not. I'm not putting him out on waivers. I think he would be gone quickly.
2: Oh, I agree. And uh, nothing against all of our catchers. They all have their strengths and weaknesses. Raleigh's he's a great receiver of the ball and defense. He saved us a couple runs today, but his hitting just hasn't gotten on par yet with the other two so it's it's either that and a pitcher or maybe two pitchers that's what i'm thinking
1: tim what are you thinking
0: well i'm looking at the active roster and we got a guy called Penn murphy p-e-n-n-m-u-r-f-e-e
1: and i haven't heard of him before so i think he's gone. <laughs> yeah if i'm not on first name basis with him I have no emotional attachment with them. You so, can send him down to Tacoma.
2: I see what you're saying. So this is the 40 man roster. Oh, oh, okay. That's what oh. you're looking at. <laughs> mm-hmm. So That's there's also there's expensive.
3: also an active that would
1: roster. be very problematic. There's
3: a couple more players on the team right now because we have Donovan Walton who's up because of Haniger on the COVID list, and I think one of the pitchers is up here because we got Seawald on the COVID list also, and if, is Torrens really on that list? So That would be another third person. So once everyone comes off the COVID list and our roster size gets moved down, we're going to have to make almost five moves next week, I think.
2: Yeah, that's a lot all at one time. Donovan Walton probably go back down.
3: Um, This guy, Marco Gonzalez, I don't know who's that.
0: This might be a hot take,
3: (laughs) but uh, Dylan Moore hasn't done much for
1: the last year. I haven't heard his name quite a bit. At the beginning of this, this season, it's been very. He
2: got the start for Saturday in left field. You know, he hasn't gotten too much opportunity because they've been rotating out our outfielders with uh, the two young guys, Haniger, Winker, and uh, Moore. Excuse me, mm-hmm. um, is just kind of a tweener between outfield and infield.
0: He offers some flexibility, sure, but he just is not hitting.
1: Yeah, I think you could also get that flexibility if needed from Adam Frazier. He can play multiple positions out on the field. Toro, for sure. Toro. So I don't think just like with three catchers when you go to 26, you can't have three utility guys, you know. I mean, you could, but you want to be, I feel like, forced to do that, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it all does numbers, you know. It depends on how many pitchers. That dictates how many Bench players, you have to pinch hit, pinch run, so it's all roster manipulation on
1: what they decide to do. Okay, we will see. We're gonna this will be a big uh, you know announcement. I'm sure it's going to be tough because again we are deep, so it's a good problem to have. But you know, yeah, it's going to be very unfortunate. You might see some other players end up on other teams because people that you have to put through the waivers, and when you have a deep team, somebody's going to pick your guys up, right? Yeah,
2: especially when you're in first place. Yeah, there you go.
1: Michael, what can you tell us about your future plans?
2: I'd like to buy myself a ballpark.
1: Oh. Michael Jordan is going to buy a major league ballpark.
0: Will he buy Comiskey? Will he buy Yankee Stadium? How much is Jordan willing to pay for a ballpark?
2: 15, 20. Your usual, Mr. Jordan. One ballpark. Ballpark Franks. So full of flavor, they plump when you cook them. You yeah, I might just have enough for two ballparks. And try
0: ballpark
3: fat-free Franks. All the taste, none of the fat
1: before we get into the Mariners culture I usually don't do too much we don't do we kind of just stay focused in on the Mariners but there is something that I've I've just kept on seeing the clips of it or somebody's texted me something I really haven't had the time to sit down and take this in there was a melee in uh New York with the fans right or some sort of tossing of shit onto the field. What happened? Can somebody break this down for me right now? Because I'm too fucking lazy to look.
2: So, um, there was a ball hit by the Yankees off the wall in left fielder. The left fielder guy for uh, the Guardians made a play on it, missed it, crashed into the wall, um, face first, cut his face, had some bruises. So... But he didn't leave the ball game. But there was a couple of Yankee fans out in left field really hammering him, talking a lot of stuff, you know. And the center fielder Shaw wasn't happy with it. He doesn't mind listening to his interview uh, fans heckling or being fans. He was just upset that they were really going after him because the guy was actually hurt. So he then approached one of the fans by climbing the wall in left field, getting in his face, and pointing him out. And that kind of was, you know, an escalation, but nothing more happened to, of it. And then the Yankees came back to win the game in the uh, ninth inning, and all the fans in right field started throwing beer bottles and cans and everything else at that center fielder who climbed the wall to protect his player who was hurt.
1: Oh, wow. And It's a bad look. It's not a good look. And I did see that the Yankees actually went out there and confronted their fans. That was
2: correct. Yeah, Judge, um, Stanton, they both ran out to the uh, Guardians' defense and tell them the Yankee Zoo to settle down.
1: Yeah, it is. uh, Has there been any suspensions or anything on the players? Given are the players going to be in trouble for inst? Is there any talk of them instigating it with the crowd? Did they, or is this just a unruly New York crowd doing stupid shit again?
2: Yeah, it's hard to say if there's going to be any suspensions or anything. The only kind of egregious thing was, that, like I said, the center fielder actually climbed the wall to get up and point to that Yankee fan that was smack-talking him and getting his face. But there was nothing – I mean, you don't see that ever, you know, where a player does that. No, no. So. I don't know. Not so since
1: we, Milton Bradley's been out of the <laughs> <laughs> way.
3: What, what I noticed was it was it was like full water bottles with the caps on that were thrown, not the beers. I think because those, yeah, they're heavy. And yeah, not going to hurt you too much. Those are, are also going, eighteen
1: dollars a piece. Yeah. So no, not either. many of
3: those were going. It was the water bottles, not
1: uh, full of water still. So. Yeah, nobody wants water. I think uh,
3: Shaw caught one and threw it back up in the crowd
1: at him, too. Oh, wow. Then that would be problem amazing. for him it throwing like, it back.
3: It was like the first one thrown at him, and he caught it one-handed and chucked it back up at him. So that was kind of cool.
1: Uh, so uh, moving on here. Uh, so one of the best nights that we had down here, I would say the season that it seemed like people in town knew about it. Maybe they didn't make it, but it was a night that, Many people wanted to go, which I've pumped up here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast a couple of times, and that was Puffy Vest Night. I think that was a major success for the Mariners for a promotion. What did you guys think? Me, the Ninja, and Hannah went down there, and Tim was down there. Well, all four of us were down there. That's why we're doing this episode uh, t- together. Um, what did you guys think of the Vest Night? What What were your takeaways? <laughs> How early did you get there? Let's start with that. How early did you get there? What was your plan? What was everybody's plan? When did you get there, Chris? The
2: so game was at 6.30. I think I got down there about 4.30, and I think the gates ended up opening at 5. We were on that text thing between all of us, you know, and so this guy over here, the ninja, yeah, um, said the gates were opening, and we were in different locations, so that was cool, and so I got in there. Got my vest, didn't hear from anybody, and um, noticed that um, the area that I was in, in center field, the bullpen area, just became really crowded. There was tons of people there getting their vest.
1: And they wouldn't let you out of that area?
2: No, exactly. They herded you in there? Yeah. We were in literally a bullpen. That's what I felt like, a bull and a pen. Yeah. So (laughs) I couldn't walk up the stairs to the second level or working my way back to center Why field. Why didn't they team. let
1: people out there? Was the moose out there working on his exclusive moves? I have no idea.
2: And then I looked around the rest of the stadium, and there was no other fans coming in. And then talking with the ninja, who I thought would have snuck in, mm-hmm. he did not get in till no. about a half hour later no. than I did. And
1: I walked from uh, my sister's in Queen Anne, and I got into the game before he did. That's how long you are in that line.
2: When did you get to... Uh,
3: in line at yeah, I got
1: home
3: there play. about four thirty. I don't think they opened it until about uh 540, 5.45. On your end. Were
2: they getting restless right. out there?
3: Yeah. It was really kinda getting unruly. People were worried about not getting their puffy coat.
1: No, especially when you had a lot there's a lot a of double vest, dip sorry. There's a lot of double and triple dipping going on in my section. I am guilty. Got my girlfriend a, a, a vest. Uh I grabbed you one because you said you weren't going to get in, but I didn't want to get greedy. I was just covering my bases. Look, I've spent a lot of money at that stadium. I'm, I'm. I feel like I'm allowed to get a couple. I don't go for every giveaway, so when I go, yeah, I, I double dipped.
2: What was your story, Tim? I
0: actually got there probably about four thirty or five. I think. Uh, Myron was actually right in front of me and probably on like his third vest or something. I was just trying to get my first.
1: And I saw him and I was, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. yeah,
0: but I was like, I gotta get my vest first. I'll talk to you yeah. later.
1: Yeah, it was uh, the vest was great. It went great with our rye bread and mustard podcast. Uh, swag that yeah, we were wearing, that's aware. the first
2: announcement. Yeah, we didn't have an episode that you missed. Now, can you talk about this? Oh, swag? yes, we got, yeah, uh, we got
1: some new swag here at Simply Cora, the rye bread and mustard podcast. Go check her out on Instagram. She's uh, going to put some stuff up there if you want to order it, she'll take care of that for you at simply.cora, I believe, on Instagram.
2: Yeah, every time, <laughs> Myron, we were watching. Walking through the stadium, I saw you talking with somebody. Uh, these logos and your sweatshirt really caught a lot of people's eye throughout the stadium. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, uh, there's a couple of people that uh, you know, liked it. They go, Hey, where the fuck did you get that? Yes, we are the rye bread and mustard podcast, but as f- where the name is actually from, is from ingredients, guys. There's no other there's no other reason why I called it. they are just two ingredients that I really like that I think just Work with the Mariners. Sometimes okay. I
3: like to wake up in the morning and just toast myself some rye bread. Exactly, and put some mustard on it. It
1: doesn't know. have to do with anything else. Yeah. It doesn't have to do with anything that's ever been said in a sentence. It's just. Don't even need it's it's just,
2: Was swung on and belted.
1: Doesn't make sense to me. Why would you say Uh-oh. rye? Yeah. So, oh, uh, yeah, puffy vest night though. It was. It was fun. It was a hit. It was a hit. And you know,
2: what was surprising about the vest, there was no other um, logo on it by who sponsored it. It just had the Mariner logo. There was
1: no uh, Boeing or
2: Starbucks. Yeah, a
1: few of the giveaways I've, I noticed that have no sponsors on it. But that's not going to be the case, though, next year. All of the uniforms are going to have sponsors on it. And so far, only one team's committed to something. That's the San Diego Padres. So with,
2: uh, Motorola. So
1: what? what... What are some uh, sponsors you guys could see going on the Mariners uh, uniforms?
2: What, Dick's Drive-In?
1: Dick's Drive-In would be a good one. Good. Um, Vern Fonk Insurance. Honk if you see Vern Fonk. Is that still I a guess thing? I just
2: don't
0: know because I didn't think there would be a whole arena called Climate Pledge Arena. Yeah. Don't
2: Amazon? No. Yeah, <laughs>
1: How about 1877 seven Cars for Kids? Oh, that's a good one. Thanks one for getting started. 1877 Cars. No, don't I don't do the it. Elephant Car Wash? Elephant Car Wash would be one. RIP. Rick's. Is that still around, Rick's? No, it's a
3: Showgirls. Showgirls. No, it. One, one street south on Egger, from Edgar.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think I, there is still a Rick's at
1: Showgirls or something. They kept well. part of the name. Mm-hmm. You think. That's right. That's a smart way to say that. And Uh, the Green Fire. The Green Fire. Weed weed Store. Weed Store. Sean Kemp's, uh, you know, weed shop would be great. Um, I definitely would go for Boxcar Ale House. That's a good one. That's a great look. That would be the best logo, right, guys? Pyramid Brewery. Pyramid Brewery would be a good one. Too soon. Too soon. R.I.P. Oh, yes, R.I.P., yes. That's going to be the Steelhead uh, uh, Brewery now, right.
2: Owned by the Mariners. Yep.
1: That's right. It's going to have the first... Uh,
2: $12
0: beers across the street now.
1: Yes. 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 Get your cheap $12 beers get two. in there. Um, so, being down at the stadium, there were... Uh, there's obviously some evasive moves going down where people sneak into spots. What are some of your... Uh, Let's give some like first time uh, people that are trying to that maybe are scared to make the moves down to sit in better seats. What are some of the tricks that you have done to sit in seats that are not your seats?
0: It's pretty easy. I mean, they're not really checking that much anymore. You just kind of sneak by and go find an open seat.
2: Yeah, I know what you're saying. It was really tough for a few years there when they were wearing those teal coats. The uh, <laughs> Mariner ushers they were notorious for being. Usher Hawks. Yeah?
1: Yeah. They
3: would come down and check everybody's tickets. Oh, what? ridiculous!
1: What is this? Well,
3: after the bottom half of the sixth inning, it's okay to go sit wherever you want. Those that are the unwritten rules of baseball, also. Is that an unwritten Written
2: rule? by the ninja, or?
3: I was told to me by the usher down in, in Peoria.
1: But that's at spring training. <laughs> that's a Peoria, Yeah. That's a good source. He's 87 <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah.
2: Speaking of ushers, our Speaking usher on Friday night was a... Ballard High School Yeah, graduate. shout out to that
1: guy. He says he's going to listen to the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Class of 71. Um, you know who you are. Message us. I'm sorry. I forgot your name. I'm a piece of shit. Get ready to play hardball in the kingdom. Take
2: me to the ball game. I want to see the answer. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight
1: in the Kingdom. The Mariners, do they have a definitive home run song? I, I personally didn't see. I wasn't there either in my seats or at the stadium for uh, the home runs. I didn't. I didn't personally see a lot of home runs, so I can't. Think of the song right now. What do you feel like there's a good I just don't feel like there's a good T Mobile home run song that's just caught on.
3: We have a train horn right now.
1: That's it.
2: Yeah. And and the lights start flashing a little similarly to what they do after Mary's victory.
1: Yeah, but I mean that's nothing compared to back in the kingdom, right? We were talking Tim. Earlier, not when I ever went, but maybe before, I was in the early '80s. They used to have a a boat, the USS Mariner, and they used to shoot a cannon. And why do we not have a cannon? And why isn't the pirates came from And it it
2: would elevate from just above the or from below the outfield wall up to above it, and then drop down after the. Whole home run celebration. Yeah, I don't
1: know why they have don't have that, and you have the moose dressed up in like a Jack Sparrow kind of costume, and he and he lets the thing off. You know, definitely I think the you boat was sick. We got to bring it back. We do have to bring no, it back. I Please guess we,
3: have the Mariner
1: Moose Pirate for Seafare. Yeah. Oh my God, the Mariner Moose Pirate. So, uh, so the 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 Mariner for our Mariners history section here. The Mariners, the USS Mariners boat, was a fixture in the kingdom in the '80s. It's made its return to Safeco when it was formerly Safeco Field, only as a replica. Uh, in 2017, they gave 15,000 fans uh, a replica. I would love to look up on eBay and see how much those are going for. Uh, Ninja, would you have I've you seen? Got it. You have it. You have it, Tim. It is proudly displayed on my mantle. That is cool. How much are those? Have you seen those on uh, eBay, Ninja?
0: I wasn't listening. What? <laughs> we can probably get them for about 20 bucks.
1: Really? This USS Mariner uh, boat right here. Okay, so gotcha. that's
2: up with the Smoke motive yeah. and all those other things that they gave away? Yeah.
1: And so... Again, the U.S. Mariner was prominently displayed beyond the center field wall at the Kingdom from 1982 to 1989. That's why I don't really remember it too much. Following the national anthem, and after each Mariner home run, a cannon on board was fired in celebration, echo- echoing big time off of the concrete walls in the kingdom. The U.S. Mariner was born out of a conversation between John Gurney, a repair technician at Atkins Washer Service, and craig Barrick, the mariners director of stadium operations gurney and Barrick played in the same rec softball league so this came from uh probably over a couple of beers at a dive bar maybe the boxcar ale house here in magnolia and one day after a game gurney suggested the idea of the uss mariner to barrack the rest as they say is history uh so this thing is pretty cool if you go and watch some videos on it, it was, it literally looks like a, it's, it's cool, but it is. They've had many renditions of it. I think they it de- debuted in eighty two, and they yeah they made several modifications over eight years. I think they got rid of it for the Mariner Moose because I think that's the year the Mariner Moose came in in nineteen ninety. So I think they got rid of the whole like, uh, you know boats and sailors and that kind of theme and just went with the moose which we've covered in uh, episode zero but we'll bring back the history of how the moose came about sometime on a, another episode what would you think about the mariner boat coming back do you think that would work with the you know the non louie louie Macklemore uh fans or do you think they would call this too corny and weird
2: what if they put it on the track up where the uh, roof closes in left field, and ran it across there, similar to Texas's train.
1: Oh yeah, uh, you mean in uh, Houston, or is that in? uh yeah, the, in Houston? Houston. Yeah, uh, and you know, I say
2: Texas. I'm yeah. sorry, I meant Houston.
1: And here at the CPA, at the Climate Pledge Arena, they do have the bow of a boat that they kind of do the MC and stuff, and I think that's really cool. I would like to see the Mariners maybe do something like that.
3: It would have to be something popping out out of center field. Out of the under the batter's it eye, yeah. Would
1: should right, just come there's
2: up? Nothing there. There's yeah. nothing there. Pop it up. It can be like a sick boat
1: oh. with like steam. So
2: it'd be very similar to the Mets, where the apple comes out of center field. It's gonna be a Dix Deluxe coming out of a Dick's bag. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Especially
3: if they're the sponsor. Mm-hmm. So what was
1: your? What would be your other ideas for what they should do for a home run?
3: That's it. Dicks just Bag. Dicks Deluxe coming up out of the Dicks Bag, just like the Apple in New York, but for Seattle. And then you had a comment about a rapper? Oh, no, yeah. No. So have, a rapper would have, come out? That's ludicrous. You can't have Macklemore coming out of the Dicks Deluxe che- cheeseburger wrapper.
1: You can't have a rapper coming out of a rapper? No, yeah, <laughs> oh, you yeah, cannot.
3: Pop. Popping out of the rapper. <laughs> okay. It couldn't actually be him. It'd have to be a, like a mascot looking thing.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> The first time we can get Macklemore to do it. And at then. least one time we need this.
1: But yeah, that's we pretty much covered all our bases here. We're running out of time at the Boxcar Ale House. We're all looking to get another round of maybe some more food. We all look very hungry. It's been a long day of baseball. It's been a long, fun week of baseball. Again, this is the rye bread and mustard podcast that you're listening to. You can get this on uh Apple Podcasts, Spotify iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Audible, pretty much anywhere you get in your uh, podcast stitcher. And, of course, always at our flagship, Buzzsprout, where our website is where you can get more information. And check out our new logo. We talked about this uh, prior uh, to the other episode. We do have new logos. If you're listening to this right now, you're probably going, damn, this is a good fucking logo um yes it was uh made this week we're happy to have it up we're gonna have another episode coming uh this friday hopefully uh maybe thursday if we get our shit together if i get my shit together i'm looking at you guys like if you guys guys have to do this (laughs) well you guys are looking at me like we're doing what again this is all you this is all me so it is again. Let's uh, want to thank uh, the Boxcar Ale House in uh, Magnolia, in Seattle, for hosting us. It's been pretty good. Come check it out here. Uh, ask for for the Ninja when you come in. Uh, nobody will know what you're talking about, but uh, we'll check you guys out. And uh, also, you know what we do here on the Rye Bread and Mustard podcast. Chris, take us out.
2: Before I do, thanks a lot, Ninja and Tim. Appreciate it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Iron, it's yep. good to
2: see you good. face-to-face. It you is. You this? sound
1: great. You sound like Loser Vandross, like All I said. All right. Say. Charge. All right, now we can eat and drink and do whatever. All, All right, times. There it is. Let's go.